who's a good kiss? <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name's Roger Heathers. Wait, let me try that again. Hi. No, let me try that again. Hi. Welcome to the Weekly Song Podcast. My name's Roger Heathers. With me, as always, is my co-host, Declan Kitchener. Hello. How are you? Ill. Yeah, you are ill. Uh, this, I, I'm trapped on the other side of the room behind three inches of reinforced glass. He, he's that worried about me spreading his cold to him. He's coughed up the lung. I, I'm actually... I told you not to... <laughs> oh, no, there's the, there's the third one. Oh, I've only got six more left. I'll tell you what, um, maybe the this season's taking its toll on you because this is the last episode of the season. It is. Like, I mean, if I was going to get ill, I'm glad I did it on the last one rather than on the first one. <laughs> So this is uh, episode 67, for those of you who didn't read the title. Um, and for the past seven weeks, we've been writing uh, songs each uh, in the space of a week, and then we bring them to the podcast and discuss them. This episode, we're going to take them apart and... Uh, no. Would you like to have another go at that? I would, I would, please. Okay, uh, just going to get the clapperboard ready and take two, episode seven, uh, episode 67, weekly song podcast. Action! Where am I going from? Line. <laughs> so what we normally do every week. Uh, okay, yeah. take three, episode 67, weekly song podcast. Action. So what we normally... I take have to clap every time. Take four, episode 67, weekly song podcast. Action. So what we do on the podcast, for those of you who don't really know, is for the past seven weeks, Declan and I have each written a song in the space of a week, yeah? And uh, this week, um, we're not right... Well, this week we are... Look, we're it's complicated, right- okay? <laughs> Would you like me to have a stab at it? No, let's just keep all this. It's funny, it's funny. Take five, episode 67, weekly song podcast. Action. So, I mean, what we normally do on the podcast, yeah, is we we each write a song in the space of a week. And for the past seven episodes, we've been doing that. This week, we're not doing exactly that, but we're doing something similar later on, which we'll get to, okay? Um, (laughs) This week... Shut up, mum. This week... We're talking about the song we've written for the past seven weeks. Kind of like just doing like a roundup. Woody's roundup, we call it. Come on, it's time to play. I mean, we have Jesse the Yodeling Cowgirl. Yodeling. We have Bullseye, he's Woody's horse. Nay. Uh, the Old Prospector. Has anyone seen my stick? I'm secretly racist. That's, that's not his actual motivation. I, I feel you oh. haven't studied Toy Story too hard enough. Who else we got in the roundup? Uh, well, of course, it's time for Sheriff Woody. He's the very best. He's a rootinous, tootinous cowboy in the Wild Wild West. Woody's Roundup. That's what this episode is. Um, so... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're off to we a brilliant drunk. start as always. We sound drunk. We're only two coffees in. Um... But yeah, we're just going to talk about the past seven songs that we've written. You can listen to them in the previous uh, seven episodes. You'll have to skip the interview, but don't skip the interview because that's really good because it's about Roger's project, Grim. Um, but yeah, shall we just get cracking with this one and then do the challenge later? Yeah, yeah, let's uh, do the challenge later. We'll explain that later in the episode, but it's, it's an interesting one, so stick around. If we haven't put you off already. <laughs> yes. Um, so, I mean, we may as well just dive straight in. So on week one of this season, because we kind of do this in blocks of seven weeks of writing and then one week of roundup, generally speaking, uh, that was uh, episode 59 of the podcast. And uh, you wrote a song called Running at the Back of the Crowd. Say the 
Yeah, I think I think that's probably the one I'm happiest with of this run. Yeah? Like, um, it's quite nice to play. It's sort of got nice, interesting chords in it, but it's not you're not changing them every three seconds. So it's quite nice. Plus, I can more or less remember the lyrics now, so I'm happy with that. I was listening listening to this one, um, and I was just thinking, not to kind of blow too much smoke up your ass or anything, but... Oh, like, no, please do this. <laughs> okay, I will. Um, is uh, You just had a really, really strong run. And, you know, sometimes we talk about on the podcast, like, week one, you haven't been writing for a while, I haven't been writing for a while, and there's a kind of nervousness to it. But you just started off on this great foot of, like, this very well-constructed song. and I was thinking, like, the way it moves from section to section is just really cool. Well, I'll tell you the sort of main inspiring factor in that one was the fear of having to go last. Oh, really? Because um, I had this a couple of other points on the podcast as well. But, you know, I always... It's it's good to end on a strong note, and with you that is guaranteed because you're an amazing songwriter. I tend to... At least my analysis of myself is that I'm more patchy like, when I'm good, I'm good, but then I can also produce quite mediocre stuff. Uh, but I never know what's coming, so just, like, for that week, I was just thinking, like, right, I've got to get it right, I've got to get it right, I've got to get it right. Right, right. Yeah, it's going to be the last thing the listeners will hear. Right, yeah. Um, wait, what you... Oh, well, the last thing they'll hear on the episode itself, I see. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there is a kind of pressure with that, but then, uh, likewise, I kind of feel that same thing with going first. Like, we're here for a new season of the podcast. Now it's over to me to play an entirely new song. I find the pressure there, personally. Well, there's pressures to both bits of it, mm. but uh, it's kind of like going on second on stage. Like, um, if you go on first, even if you mess up, the next guy's going to be better. So, it, you know... Yeah, actually, you, that's you, true. You wish you could have done good, but it's fine. And the whereas show it, goes on. Whereas if you're, like, the last act of the night or something, and everyone else has been amazing, you... the tension just builds and you just think oh my god can i do it can i do it can i do it yeah yeah totally no i, I definitely get that um but no I, th- I think it was a really good start to the week and um as usual when we sort of do the roundups i put a star next to my three favorites of your songs and this one's got a star uh, i prefer one not that i've kind of like ranked them like that but there's one that i absolutely love um but we'll get to that soon but this one is in my top three of declan's best songs of the run i love it well like i said it's Probably the one I'm happiest with, but thank you very much for the compliments for that one. Yeah. Uh, Roger's song in this first uh, week was Love Save Me. I've been toying with the notion That I keep your love an ocean's length away from me In case of falling love Save me I can only go so far without you Yeah, it's um, I feel like um, while you had quite a strong start with with the run this this time, I feel like Love Saved Me was sort of me just like getting back into shape after sort of not writing for a little bit, sort of like flexing those muscles for the first time in if, a while. If that's you getting back into shape, I you know you need to do it more often because it's amazing. <laughs> well, thank you. I just I just felt like. It's a song, it's got chords, it's got some stuff I can talk about. It was almost like a, for the podcast rather than, like, a song in and of itself, if that makes sense. Well, I've just had, for the week after that, I had the love, save me, like, all that sort of stuff going around in my head for about a week afterwards, which, uh, you know, is a good, strong sign. 
Thanks. And this is what I'm going to say next is sort of true of all of your songs this week. It really sort of suggests how it wants to be produced. Right. What I love about your run this time is that each one is like suggesting something different for how you want to like record the, in inverted commas, uh, definitive version of it. Yeah, that's true, actually. Whereas this one like uh, seems to be very like a ballady kind of thing, like um, mm. just, just really cool orchestras or like, um, you know just subdued choirs but like they're there to beef up the main vocal which is the heart of it which you know i really like yeah i'm I'm hearing something like that too um yeah it wasn't a conscious thing but i've definitely started because like you know people who've listened to the podcast for a while now they'll know that i'm sort of a ballad guy um that's where i'm kind of most comfortable that's sort of my mo um and love save me is certainly in the ballad category there are some more that i wrote in this run there are some more in this run that i wrote that i like written that i like that but it's like, like you say, I think I've tried to sort of go for a different production thing each time. But, um, yeah, listening back to Love Save Me, I was like, ah, oh, here we go. Because, you know, you, you listen to them again to refresh your memory uh, for the for the podcast when we do the roundup now. And I was like, actually, the chorus is, is better than I thought. The rest of it still seems a bit filler to me. But, mm. but the chorus, I think, maybe I can cannibalise it at some point. There's always that option. That's fair. So you've actually done better research than me. I haven't actually listened to my own songs. I've just listened to your ones. I listen more to yours than mine. I just kind of like put on a snippet of mine. But, um, but yeah, um, so that was week one. Anything else to say about week one that you can think of? Uh, just a strong start from both of us, which is, you know, nice. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, uh, and then we're on to episode 60, which is week two of this run. Um, and you had another cross in the, cross in the box. This is one of those ones where it's probably... Let's have a look. I think it's between this and week five for the one I'm least happy with uh, of this run. Not, I don't think it's necessarily bad, but it's one of those things... Uh, I can tell that I wrote the vocals at the last minute. Or, oh, I can, or okay. the lyrics at the last minute. Because uh, even the title, Another Cross in the Box, is just like another thing ticked off. Like another week of yeah, mm. this is another one for the podcast rather than this is something I want to actually say. So with like with writing the lyrics sort of like after the music, um, and maybe with this one sort of like last minute, like you said, is that something you'd like to do less of in the future, or is that sort of? Yeah, I've been trying more and more this week, uh, this run to um, get stuff written further in advance so I can actually practice it, mm. or at least develop it more throughout, <clears throat> develop it more throughout the week, so I'm not just rushing on Sunday. And it's been a mixed success for that, with that. But um, there's telltale elements of it in here. Like uh, the one, f- the thing that sort of springs to mind for me is I like the music for the verse, the sort of post verse and the chorus. But the bridge is really weak for me. Yeah. Yeah, it feels very like uh, okay. I've got this on standby. Here we go. Right. Was that like a symptom of writing? Like last minute, the bridge part? Yeah, like um, I've been developing that idea throughout the week, but I just didn't leave myself enough time to get that sorted. Uh, 
I will say that um, I have probably had less free time during this run than I have had on other runs. See, the wind agrees with me. Um, but still, considering some of the stuff I've done in the other weeks, I have done better. Right. But like I said, I do like that riff, and I do like the chorus melody and chords, but I might need to rewrite it at some point. I think this is one of your strongest choruses that you've had, and um, I was listening back to it it's like... pain in the ass to sing. <laughs> yeah, I bet it is. Um, but do you have any modulation in the chorus? Because it felt like you did, or maybe it's just kind of like going to a chord I wouldn't expect in scale. I don't know, it's been a few weeks, I suppose, since you've sat down and written it and played it. But... I, I don't think there's any modulation. Um, oh, I know there's a couple of diminishes in there at C. Now that's what I thought when you go to that D minor shape that you just played there. But that's in key, isn't it? Uh, yeah, because it's sort of. Actually, no, it's not. Oh really? Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it's not because um, the verses are based around F minor, which has got A flat in it, uh, so that doesn't work with D because that should be D diminished. Ah, interesting. So, so my my ear didn't see me. Yeah, so it's sort of more based around B flat. Yeah, that's really cool. I I like how you modulated in that chorus. I thought that was a really it it was so clever. I didn't even realize I'd done it. <laughs> Some of the best moments are like that for me. I tell you. Um, and then this week I had um, a song called Something That I'd Like. I can smell another love. We could have our friends to stay. I could ask your favorite numbers and win the jackpot every day. So guess, my darling, wait, my darling, everything is yours to keep. I'm only trying to paint a scene of summer. Um, which uh, I'm pleased enough with to put it on my next album. Um, and and like you were saying with the production side of it, it's one where I had a production in mind for it. Because, like I said on the episode, which is episode 60, it was so inspired by, like, that Harry Nilsson type of songwriting. See, I think where you think it will go and where I think it should go are two different things. Because that is one of my favourites of this run for you. Oh, nice. Thanks. But uh, I do quite... Maybe this is inspired by the way I saw you perform it first, but, like, with the... Um... <laughs> Like, mm. all of that moving around on the guitar. I would love to see... I've been trying to get Roger to do this for a while, but to record, like, an EP of, like, uh, just him on a guitar with a, a bass, a drum, but, like, you would see in a blues club or something. I'd love to see, like, how something that's got quite complex and nice movement in it, like this, transferred to quite a simple, uh, like, performance style, particularly seeing as you've got that written into the guitar part with them, like, following the vocal melody at points. And yeah. Like nice boom, boom, mm. I can definitely see the argument for that um, style of production. For me, it's like because uh, I've been posting some of my music on like Reddit over the course of this year, and like Reddit can be brutal because people are completely yeah. anonymous. I posted some music to Reddit once, never again. <laughs> yeah, it, 
it, I'd rather just believe I'm perfect. <laughs> it can sting sometimes, but... So I, I posted a few things there. I was thinking, right, okay, I'm going to get some honest feedback, if nothing else. And a few of the things people said was like, I like the chords, blah, 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 that sort of thing. But I tell you what you need is to, like, make the production different on each song, on each song on an, on an album. Not not vastly different. But then I sort of, like, that sort of stewed in my head a bit. I was like, okay. So like, the idea of, like writing a song with a different production in mind each time was kind of fairly appealing. So that was actually something you were trying for this run? Uh, on some level, yeah. It wasn't like, okay, week three, time to write a Ween-style song. It was more just sort of, sort of like, oh, this could have bongos in it. So sort of like somewhere in the back of my head, you know what I mean? Or like, oh, strings would be good for this one. Or just like trying to think of it in those terms. Whereas like in previous runs, I've just thought only about the chords and melody, which maybe is a better way to do it. I don't know, but... Well... I think we've had this discussion before in that, like, genre is kind of meaningless when it comes to writing songs. I mean, mm. obviously you will have, like, if you're trying to write specifically, say, a reggae song, you'll maybe have, like, two or three chords, like, that kind of beat or everything. Mm-hmm. But then that doesn't necessarily mean that that song is a reggae song forever because you can take away the specifically reggae elements of it and then turn it into... Uh, let's say bubblegum pop or something. Yeah, of course. Or you can take a metal song and you can turn it into an acoustic ballad. Like uh, we we tend to focus more on melody and chords, but that's not to say that genre isn't important in some way in like defining how songs are created. Well, genre comes more with like production than it does with writing. I think. Well, I think you and me are both we're both sort of fans of what TV tropes calls genre roulette albums, where yeah. like. Um, like side two of sheer heart attack is this for me where it goes from like being this grand operatic thing to being speed metal to being caribbean flavored to yeah. being like a lullaby to being beatles-esque mm-hmm. but it still sounds like the same band and that's exactly what i like about bands like ween and 10cc and stuff is that the songwriter you could have a completely acoustic 10cc album of like how dare you or something it would still be amazing but the fact that they took these great the dna of these songs and like took them to the studio and added really off the wall things i think just really drives it home mm. um i mean yeah you're totally right like frank zappa said about he's like you know people might hear a rock and roll song on the radio and think that's definitively a rock and roll song but if you take a hawaiian ukulele song and put a fuzz pedal on it you're going to get closer and closer to that rock and roll song well this is kind of like we're not immune to it but i try my best not to believe in genre if that's not too pretentious a thing to say like if i had a music shop of my own, I would just put everything A to Z because it's all it's all counts and it's all canon. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. That's not to say you can't have preferences and things you like more than others or like genres you generally don't like, but you know, try and keep your mind open because you can discover some wonderful stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think if if you avoid the folk section of a record shop, then you're potentially missing out on a load of stuff you might really like just because the chords and you know, I think that's a, that's kind of like. What I've been thinking about, like, for ages is, like, why do I like, you know, when I was, like, 15, why did I like Smashing Pumpkins? Well, because it's got loud guitars, of course. And I go, but how come I like Beautiful by Christina Aguilera as well? That yeah. that, like, she's a pop star. And then, like, later on you realise, oh, it's because she's using particular chords or whoever wrote the song is using those chords. So it's like, okay, so it's not about the pop star or the Smashing Pumpkins. It's about the song itself, which yeah. I thought was interesting, you know, growing up and all. Like, there will be elements of production that tie into things. Like, I think you and I are both fans of loud guitars. Mm. But then, like, uh, you'll have things like T-Rex, which is, like, glam rock and everything. It has got 
these loud electric guitars on it. But it's also quite simple in a lot of ways. Some songs are really cleverly constructed, but some of them are just literally 12 bar blues runarounds. Yeah. But I still like them because the production's good. So, like, it, mm. you know, everything feeds into everything else. But And there's no hard and fast rule. Yeah. Of, like, a... yeah, it needs to have these chords. It can just, like you say, it can just be 12 bar blues, but produce really cool, like, in a, in a style you like. Well, to go back to that um, thing we were saying... Uh, I was mentioning earlier, like, if you wanted to write a reggae song, you could do, like, all the obvious reggae tropes, but then you've got some Stevie Wonder songs that count as reggae, and they're much mm. more complicated than what you would necessarily assume. Or things like um, I Shot the Sheriff, where it's got that great riff that comes in at the end. Mm, definitely. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's... It's very true. Very, very true. Um, uh, so on uh, week three, uh, which was episode 61, you had the song Sandcastles, which is my favourite song of this whole run from you. I thought it was fantastic. That's a bit of a surprise, but thank you. Yeah, no, it's uh, it was a tear-up between that one and a song called Cut It Up, which was later week we'll discuss in a bit. But yeah, Sandcastles was absolutely brilliant. Build sandcastles on the shore in the hands of nature Sandcastles is a weird one. Like, I really like the music of it, but this is kind of a side effect of writing songs for me, as opposed to anybody else, is that I have to write them quite limited in terms of vocal range. Okay. I think we've discussed this before, like, um, my top note is... Uh, I can push a little higher than that if I'm really going for it, but it normally doesn't sound as good. Mm. So the okay. thing that really gets me with sandcastles uh, is that I love I love the musical elements of it particularly the chorus I, I wanted to write a chorus for ages that just have a, has a big sort of riff at the beginning of it like a yeah but um, the thing that really annoys me is that the rest of it is like kind of quite low down and I'm not sure that transfers well into rock production which is where I see it in my head like a even if I had no fuel in like it's all around there it's quite in guitar range yeah but um i do like it i just wish someone else could sing it <laughs> <laughs> well i i think it's a great song uh and one of the main things that got me with this one is i i like that little riff part too and the fact that the vocal melody goes along with it but also just the lyrics are, like just as a listener, just for me listening to this song back, because obviously on the on the first week you're playing it to me for the first time. I'm listening for the first time. You have to digest a lot to do with chords and that. But just listening to it again, like as a song, you know, with some time between, I was like, this is just a really great set of lyrics. It's really touching and you know, a good set of lyrics. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you agree or? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's a bit too. It's a little sweet for me. I like right. it, but um, but it has a very particular genesis, those lyrics, like that conversation we had in the car going back from Exeter that one time. You yeah. can hear the full story on episode 61. Yeah. Um, so they kind of have to go more or less as they are to be sort of true to that conversation or those ideas that got spurned on by that. Yeah. But... It, again, it's a case of lyrics matching music, which I think because that's quite a major song, you can get away with the sweetness, but you can't do that every week. 
Yes, no, I completely agree. I mean, uh, jumping a little bit ahead, but when I wrote God's song, if every one of my songs was like that for the whole of the seven weeks, it would just be a bit like, okay, we, we get it. <laughs> you know, so I think used sparingly, those things can be really, really endearing. I think that's the kind of stuff where people, especially people who love lyrics, might listen to that song and go, oh, right, I've loved this guy's music because I can actually, I'm relating to the lyrics and I kind of get what he's saying on like quite a visceral level which we, which you and I might see as like you know overly sweet that's how I see my songs which kind of fall into that category well um, kind of one thing to bear in mind is that um you know what every single word means or what it doesn't mean whereas yeah no one else knows exactly what that why you use those words uh even if it's just because they sounded nice um you know you're probably the person who knows most of what this means Yes. But at the same time, you don't know everything. Because no. Because there are yeah. one or two weird little quirks of why I use certain words, which is sometimes literally just because I wanted to use that word because it sounds cool. Yeah. But, you know. But the cool thing is, it's a guessing game for for me and any other listeners of your lyrics, because you say, oh, I use this word because it's a word I like to use and it's a word I like the sound of and that sort of thing. But then which words are the... Which, lines of your lyrics are those and which lines are the actual truth and i think that it's like the elliot smith thing of like writing lyrics is like having what is like one half of a conversation the listener is the other half so it's like i get to fill in the blanks i wonder if declan thinks this i wonder if you know this that and how he feels it's like you get to kind of guess where your singer is coming from i've heard you say that before i've never actually properly taken that on board do you know what's really annoying we're not writing another song next week, so I can't put that into practice yet. Ah. But, um... You could always do one off book, or whatever the term would be. But that would be cheating, Roger! <laughs> yeah. <coughs> if you write a song outside of podcast time, you get fired from the podcast. <laughs> um, in which case, we should both be fired. Mm. Um, so, Sandcastle's brilliant song. Love it. Um, and then this week... Uh, week three, episode 61, again. Um, <clears throat> I heard a song called To Have Never Loved At All. I believe if anybody handed me the key The world of love does not belong to me The sunset on the harbour is something I would rather keep away from me Why, why don't I hold you like the others? I'm scared that I will break you if you fall I keep you at a distance It's better to have never loved at all um, Which is, again, more of a sort of ballad And uh, the start of me trying to become more honest Like, consciously honest with my lyrics Yeah, I've noticed that a lot Because you normally tend to write a lot more in metaphor Yeah um, Whereas... As well as, like, varying, like, a lot more of how each song sounds in terms of genre, in inverted commas. Mm. You've also become a lot more open with your lyrics. It's just, which you said was a conscious decision on this one. Is this something you carried through for the rest of them, or is this just, like, you know, just more limited to this one? This is a really good example of me kind of becoming more honest with the, with the lyrics, but it w- there was never a point where I said, right, time to become more honest with my lyrics. It was just kind of like... I'm going to get the Book of Honesty from the library. <laughs> um, it wasn't like a conscious decision like that. I suppose just like generally how my life has been this year. Um, I don't know why, 
but just generally I've just started to like write more like that just in general to the point where with two have never loved at all I was like it kind of took me aback where I was like oh wow I'm writing in a different way than I was this time last year it was interesting you mentioned the conversations thing as well because um uh this song in particular like implies the other half of a conversation when you sort of like repeating this advice and then by the time you get to the end you sort of specifically saying to the listener remind me that I said it's better to have never loved at all yeah so it's yeah it's very direct I do like it well I mean that that part of like having the last verse be like remind me that I told you there is an element of like genuine optimism but there's also an element of like uh whatever I'm not that good at this with songs but like storytelling like there should be some with a song like to have never loved at all which is a song about sort of like my own loneliness and my own sort of like latent desire to be in a relationship and that sort of thing and be better at relationships like there has to be some kind of arc to the song in in my opinion anyway i like it when those songs especially country songs do this well when there's an arc and somebody learns something by the fourth verse or what have you well it's interesting i've been uh, on my lunch break at work we've been watching the um uh motown documentary hitsville Oh, yeah. I, uh, I haven't seen any of it. I want to. Uh, I've seen about half of it. It's really good. I'm going to probably buy it uh, when I get paid. But um, there's this really cool thing where some, I think Smokey Robinson was talking about how he was writing songs and then someone comes up to him and just goes, I like your songs, man. I like your music, but your words are just sort of like rambling. Like there's no structure to them. There's, you know, you don't learn anything. You don't progress. So each song is a story. Right. As like, I don't entirely agree with that because, uh-huh. you know, songs can just be snapshots of a moment, you know, in time. You know, records are recordings of how you were feeling at that specific moment. Not mm. everything has to be a structured story, but it does help for a more engaging lyric. Mm. So it's kind of uh, something I'd like to try and do more. And it's something that I think we've both been thinking about this run. Yeah, I think so. Like, in terms of not necessarily, like... I woke up in the morning and I went to work and then I did, like, a literal progression of a day, but just, like, trying to make sure everything wraps up. To yeah. Some, if not resolution, then some sort of point where you can leave it. Yeah, totally. Sorry, that was a bit of a ramble. No, no, not, not at all. I completely agree. <laughs> I mean, just going off of what you just said, I, I think for me, I almost kind of disagree with what I said about this type of song having to be like an arc to to the to the lyric because like you said records are literally records of how you they're like diary entries sometimes um and i think with a song like this but i think for me why i put the the third verse with a little bit of hope and optimism in it is purely because i like it when songs don't necessarily like rub it in your face like oh things are different now but like a, one little gem in like a four minute pop song that's like has a different message I think is interesting. It kind of like pricks up your ear a little bit. And anything that does that, I'm a big fan of. Well, it's that Brian May quote of why they change their choruses a lot throughout songs in Queen. It's just like, so the song actually had some progression and if the chorus is the same, mm. then have you, how far have you actually progressed? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kate Bush said a similar thing in like uh, early 2000s when she was, uh, when she just released Ariel, she did a few interviews and she was talking to, I think, uh, a magazine interviewer and she was saying, like, a lot of my friends now who use Pro Tools and Logic, you know, uh, digital recording software, they'll record a chorus, you know, all the instruments, and they'll copy and paste it to the third and the second and third chorus. And she said, what's the point in that? She said, you only got two tools in music, and that's sound and time. And she said, you may as like, basically, what you just said, I'm just reiterating, you may as well develop it, you may as well have some 
change a progression. I mean, even if you don't uh, change the words, you can still change the music or you can change uh, how the band's performing or what instruments are in the mix or something. Yeah, definitely. This is something Muse do quite well on their choruses. They sort of will drop the guitar out or they'll just have a bass bit or they'll, like, um, you know, have everything, like, swell on certain moments. Yeah, definitely. Which adds just different emphasis, particularly when you combine it with the lyrics. It's something I liked a lot. Uh, when I first started really getting into music when I was like 13, 14, um, is just, and it's such a cheesy move, but when you have like two big heavy guitar choruses and then the third chorus is the same lyrics, but it's on acoustic guitar only. I was like, fucking hell, that's amazing. What a cool move. And it's like I say, it's a cheesy pop music move, but it works. Yeah, as I was gonna say, if it works, it works. Yeah, exactly. Good um, music survives cheesiness. If this wasn't one of these episodes, that would be a title. <laughs> uh, so, so on uh, week four, which was episode 62, if you're listening along at home and are also listening to the... Uh, if you've got two uh, computers up at the same time, you've got episode 67 <laughs> in one, uh, the current episode we're talking about in the other. Well done for trying to separate both of those at the same time, although maybe you want to listen to one at a time. Oh, I can't um, get as high as I can normally. <laughs> you had a song called You Should Be Yourself. The dumbest title I've used. <laughs> thing which correct me if i'm wrong but maybe this was the first song to incorporate a bend a guitar bending part as part of the vocal melody as well is that true for our Um, runs there's probably been another one but that's the most prominent one of these and i thought that was really creative and cool you should be yourself very cool i don't know if it is or not um i know i've used bends in riffs and things before like before the challenge like i'll have riffs that are based around that like uh Okay. Uh, but I think the thing to point out, and it really shows itself on this song, is that I am an electric guitarist by heart. I love the acoustic guitar. It's you know, it's you know, your one-stop songwriting tool. But at the end of the day, what I really love about guitar is going. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why a lot of my songs tend to be a bit more, for lack of a better term, heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why well, you have, for example, in this song. Like, all of that stuff, like, that is designed to be just, like, pop-punk, like, <laughs> really. Well, that, that was one of the quick. first things I thought on re-listening. It's like, you can just imagine, that, you know, the the great... Uh, that, pop, pop punk drum beat that, that mid noughties like <laughs> mid noughties eight beat just like bass on the floor like every time the snare's not here <laughs> yes yeah no so I, I, I it's like you kind of said with mine you can imagine how mine would be produced this one I can just hear how this is produced you know yeah this one is very clear on how it works <laughs> yeah there's no sort of uh, question mark over should this have strings on the verse it's like no it's a rock song should we have the piano bit in the bridge (laughs) um yeah i I thought it was a really good song um 
I had a ringing bell. Well, it's interesting that on my heaviest song of the run, you had your heaviest song of the run. Yeah, definitely. And both kind of like uh, palm muted eighth note, kind of like... Doom, 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 doom. Um, it was sort of my uh, my intention. And it, with this one, it was actually quite a clear-cut intention that, you know, I decided before I wrote, I want to write something a bit more upbeat with some that would have drums, like no question. Mm. Similar to yours, you know. Well, I kind of love it when you write these sort of hard-rocking songs and just... Me and Joe have both said to you before that we wish you did more of it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'd love to see what uh, you did for this one, how many guitars you had on certain bits of it. And it had that really cool, like, uh, line going into each verse. And Yeah, just 10 out of 10, really cool. Thank you. I'm... I mean, as much as we talk about, like, the sophistication of production and songwriting and chords and everything, at heart we are both just... We are little boys who just, like loud electric guitars <laughs> it's it's true it's true uh but i i have a weird relationship with writing uh like rock songs that have drums in mind from from the off um because do you remember the songs i did uh they were weekly, weekly songs called like carl and he wouldn't hurt a fly we didn't podcast about them though i did videos for him yes it's been a very long time since i've actually heard them but i remember them because this is this is when i was in cornwall and you were where you are now it's just too far to travel so yeah which we started doing again now that i'm exactly the same distance but the other way i know way. it's weird isn't it yeah but i just did not like those songs like i think it's some of the worst stuff i've ever written and i i was like at the time i was like i'm gonna write stuff with drums in mind and they're gonna be like full band arrangement things and i hated them so like now i've got this kind of like real tentativeness about like oh, i don't want to write any i don't mind writing an acoustic song and then developing it up into a full band song but i don't like writing with a full band in mind because it turned out really shit once, you know? Not that well, it always will, you know? Well, you can sort of... If it happened this time, then it, you know, it'll happen that you'll have good ones again. Like, this is a fucking cool song. It's one of my favourites of this run. Oh, well, thanks. Um, but, yeah, like you say, like we were saying earlier, like, genre and production can is secondary to songwriting. So, like I, like I was saying earlier, something that I'd like, I think that would be really cool with at least a bass and an electric guitar and a drum kit behind it. Mm. But, you know, doesn't necessarily make or break the song if it's there or not. Like you just said, like, song comes first, doesn't it? Generally speaking. Mm. Um, so on week five which was episode 64 we skipped one because we were talking about roger's uh, project grim which you, you should listen to because it's really good thank you and good point i didn't even clock that um you had a song my waterproof doesn't have a hood hiding underneath a shelter still gets into my shoes draining up my denim jeans from when they got caught in the street and there's nothing better i can do Yeah. I always have trouble remembering the name of that song, My Waterproof Doesn't Have a Hood. Uh, that's another lastminute.com one. Uh, not for the music. I really like the music of it. It's just the words. Again, it just doesn't match uh, the sort of tonality of the music for me. Mm. 
So this is kind of one of those ones I'd love to sort of either spend the time to rewrite it or if I was in like a band scenario, say, hey, I've got this music, someone please write words on top of it. Right, right, that's interesting. Because I remember on the on the episode itself, episode 64, you were saying that it was all kind of like inspired by this Amazon package that was delivered to a different place and you had to go out in the rain and try and find this thing. Yeah, I was out there for about half an hour. So it's just quite an anecdotal end of the week sort of a lyric, right? Well, it's sort of... The reason it's about that is because that night was my last night for writing. Right. So I sort of had to spend my evening trying to find this package. So it ended up being about that. So. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think it's it's good all around, but especially musically, I, I found that it kind of goes from... Because I, I kind of joked on the podcast on that episode that, like, it's the most badass song about getting wet in the rain and going home and being cosy. Um, but it's got this great thing where it kind of goes from, like, these light major-sounding chord progressions quite quickly into these, like, dark, diminished or minor uh, parts. And it seamlessly goes between the two, which I thought was really cool. Well, it's, there's not really a lot to sort of do to sort of mess up a standard chord progression for like a lack of a better term like it, yeah it's often only one note's difference that will make it like for example the trick that we tend to use a lot like a the minor four from the major four there you're literally moving in this case a to a flat mm. but it does like completely change the tone of the music so for that one, a lot of it is just running down uh, a semitone above where each note is fretted in the G chord. Mm. It's like, it, it doesn't take much. But it, like you say, even those little changes, they do create a a different atmosphere and, and that. But I'd say that the F major to F minor thing is a great example of that sort of like little shift. But yours, to me, sounded like a full composition of that trick of like little tiny uh mood changers well it's kind of a development of an idea i had earlier in the songwriting run like i think for week two i wanted like a song that sort of uh never repeated the same thing and just sort of kept developing and going into weird segments Mm. uh that didn't work out in time which is why i had to sort of half rush another cross in a box uh but this time through it sort of the music fell together quite naturally, so I was sort of quite happy I've done one of those. Yeah, but, definitely. Because I think we're both slightly guilty of this, in that we sort of, if we get a cool melody or a cool little snippet of a riff or something, we sort of plug that into a pre-existing structure in my head, in our heads. Like, uh, I know, for example, I use the structure verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus far too often. Oh, right, like a, like a general template sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, I do that too, for sure. Like, you know, the saving grace in terms of that is that we are writing in a week, so, you know, we're not exactly going to write Bohemian Rhapsody every time, Mm. Uh, you know, and song structures like that have existed for ages because they work. Yeah. But it's still trying to break out of that every now and then just to sort of try and become more developed writers, for lack of a better term. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I'm I'm very guilty of that uh, because the way I tend to write is, like, I've said this before, like... If if you'll write music and then sometimes lyrics later in the week, I I can't do it. I've got to write them all in the same time. So and I I kind of uh, write it all down as it comes to me, 
and it always comes in that order. <laughs> so it's like the only way I can really avoid that structure is like by writing a full song and going, okay, I'm going to have the chorus start the song, like in retrospect, change the structure. But generally, like the way I write is always verse first. I don't think I've ever written a chorus first. Yeah, it's rare that I do that, but it's something I want to try and do more. Because there are just so many songs that start off with choruses that are just, or like, uh, you know, bridge hooks or things like that that are just so cool. Mm. So, you know, I want to do more of it. Definitely. Uh, what did I have this week? You uh, had Untitled Number Six. Untitled Number Six. I can't remember it. Uh, that's the thing with having untitled ones. As the world becomes a little smaller than it was before I thought I saw you yesterday, but now I see you more There's a light inside that heart of yours which never gets too close A little light of summer starts to show midwinter A little light of summer starts to show this is the one, I think, where you uh, were coming home from uh, Wise Blood in London. Yes. And you ended up with this complete melody in your head and you had to work out the chords for it afterwards. That's right. And you did play a little clip of you singing in the car, which... <laughs> if, if you've not heard that, go to episode 64 and check that out because it's, it's really cool, but it's also slightly funny. <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I do remember it now. So with Untitled Number 6, you know I've said about like having a certain production in mind for these? Mm. This was written to be an a cappella song. Like, no piano, no guitar or anything. It's interesting. I sort of pictured this one more like a Harry Nilsson kind of thing. Like, uh, oh, really? Like uh, Son of Schmilson uh, kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, a, it's, it's less rock than Nilsson Schmilson, but uh, mm. not quite as twee as uh, Ariel and... Um, Harry. Mm. Well, the thing is, with this one, it was, it was uh, as I said on episode 64, it was so influenced by this song called uh, Meant For You by the Beach Boys um, that I might just completely own that and have the little organ that's in that song because it's like a little organ. Um, you could do a Deep Purple and weird that organ up. I could do, actually. I've been really into weirding organs up recently. I mean, we what did a weird that. sentence. We did that in uh, one of our jams back in Cornwall, which no one has ever heard. I've still got a copy of that somewhere, I think. Well, is it the one with that long Yeah, where we had the tube, tube that made noise? And, and we sort of had that pitched. Um, that was a fun time. Huh? That was fun. Um, but yeah, so this is supposed to be like an a cappella thing. Um, I'm going to try and enlist some of my harmony singing friends to, to get in on that. And it's going to open... Obviously, I'm number one on that list. <laughs> <laughs> Declan Harmony Kitchen, we call you. Um... But yeah, I'm gonna try, and that's gonna be the opening song if it all turns out well. I hope it does. That's gonna be opening opening song for my next EP, which is called How Sweet. Um, that's one of the winter tapes, isn't it? Winter tape eight. Yeah. Eight, damn! Been doing it too long. Well, you need to get up to ten at least. Yeah, I know. I wasn't gonna do eight this year, you know. Yeah, but I talked you into it. Yeah, you did. Because I love Roger's music. I'm probably one of his biggest fans. Declan is the nicest friend. Well it's, just, well, it's just, I am a fan of your music because you're really cool. But I just, I have this sort of <laughs> idea in my head. Like, if you ever, um, like, made it to a big major label or everything and you've got this big back catalogue to do, like, a one to ten box set of the winter tapes, tapes would be really cool. That would, oh, man. Hypothetically speaking, that would be amazing, but they would not like all the sampling I did on the <laughs> early ones. Winter tape 
two and well, four are well, very three sample is, heavy. Three is sample heavy as well, isn't it? Two, three, and four, yeah. And four less so, but yeah. A little bit on six as well. Yeah, and then since then it's been less and less. Mm. I, I think because... This is the last I'll say on this because we've really diverged. Um, is I have this thing called Hiss now where I'll put all my sample-based stuff on. Yeah. Uh, like Hiss Volume 1 and 2, they have a bunch of sample-based stuff. So I think I'm starting to, like, divide up projects into, like, what goes on each. Because Wind State 4 was just, like, a clusterfuck of everything I had on my mind at the time. Like, you got all sorts. But anyway. That's that kind of fun, man. Um, so anyway, on week six, episode 65, you had the song Cut It Up. And this was a fantastic song. Um, um, the intro is really like Thin Lizzy-ish. And then like by the time you get to the verses, I get this really like Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters feel to music. It's interesting that you say Thin Lizzy and Dave Grohl, because that wasn't so much what I was going for. I was more going for like... Um, well, I was aiming for Rolling Stones and it didn't work. Um, <laughs> oh, right. Because <laughs> that was a, like inspiration behind the song and everything, but... Um, you obviously, you don't hear this chord on many Rolling <laughs> Stones records. But I, I just thought, because, like, uh, the intro to, like, Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy's like, doon, 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 doon. And you've got that kind of, like, rhythm to your riff. Fuck. Now, they are very different. I don't want to, like insinuate that they're like the same thing but it's a similar groove yeah like Finn Lizzy would perhaps have gone with that groove you know um, but yeah no just I mean a really good song all round now was this one that you wrote the lyrics for closer to the time or is it one you wrote them later on um, well I had the song finished I think on day six of writing yeah so I did like a rough draft of lyrics like midnight day six without ah, okay. trying them i sort of edited that on day seven once i'd driven back up to bristol yeah so it's not as last minute as it could have been but pretty last minute right yeah that's it. yeah which is why if you listen to the episode i'm uh trying my best to own the fact that uh it ended up being recorded in a million different parts oh yeah of course but i mean to be fair on you that was a ridiculously hard-looking song to play. Yeah, next time I'm not going to put the... <laughs> that bit in. <laughs> That's the kind of thing where you need, like, a few different guitarists to, like, well, what help you need, out, you know? What you need to do is not have it as a chord and just do... Yeah. But it doesn't sound quite so good on the uh, acoustic. That's the thing. That's another thing with the podcast. I don't think we've ever really addressed is, like, you need a full-sounding acoustic guitar part because otherwise... You can't just rely on your vocal melody. Otherwise, it's like... Particularly not when you're me. Well, or anyone, you know. It's, it's, uh... Yeah, you've got to have full chords, even if, like, you wouldn't have them in the full production version, even if it's, like, an acoustic guitar song with, like, single notes. Mm. But, no, really, really love that song. That's also one of my top three of the roundup uh, thank ones. you. I'm happier with that in retrospect. 
Like, uh, I would love to try it for band. And then my song this week was God Song, which is an unusual title. Is it still the title? Uh, yeah, it is, actually. I was going to change it to something less like that, but I didn't. I uh, kept it. It's kind of one of those things when you write a song and you just think, oh, I'll just give it this so I can refer to it. And then, like, <laughs> when you come to doing something with it, like, uh, I don't know, a few months later, it's like... Yeah, I can't be asked to change this now. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is God's song. I'm just going to own the weird title. Can't wait to see you, darling. But you wait for me. I can't wait to hold you, darling. But yours is a face that I can't see. Alone in the crowd. Singing the songs you I, uh, this is the first song I think I've ever written on the first day of the challenge. I hate you so much. Thank you. Um, and uh, it just it just came all at once. Uh, you know, uh, I got the chords and the vocal melody at the same time, and it just sort of yeah, just came pretty quickly. I don't know. That's all I can think to say about it, apart from the fact that I spent more time on the chorus because I knew I had more time. I, you know, if I wanted to, I could spend other days working on it. You so can, you can tell that because you've got like a similar progression, like developing differently both times, which uh, mm. it's a uh, a luxury of having more time to fiddle with things. Um, I do quite like this one. I think it could almost be like Carpenter's esque in terms of like production, mm. just, like, accenting the little. Uh, runs and little vocal lines and everything that could be kind of cool actually yeah it's um it's one i'm another one i'm putting on my next ep uh and uh it's got drums and stuff so like i'm developing developing it a little bit differently than what i thought but it's still going to be kind of gentle um it's going to be kind of like for anyone who knows the songs like tonight tonight by the smashing pumpkins have you heard that song most likely but i've forgotten how it goes let's have a little reminder a second a copyright free reminder So like that, just like that. Ah, down to the down to the notes. <laughs> down to the, yeah. yes. Um, so uh, that was week six, episode sixty-five. On episode sixty-six, which was our basically our last week of the run, writing-wise, we had uh, our friend Josh James on the, the brilliant Josh James, who wrote the song "Grow." Always fun to have him on. Trimming the fat from the old place And remember just one thing One door closes and another one opens The friends will come and go Don't let old wounds scary open Just let your new love grow One door closes and another... It only occurred to me afterwards, I wish I'd have thought of this, because I was trying to think, like, because he's influenced by a bunch of different stuff, but he, he's quite, like, uh, even said on the podcast, he's quite lyric-focused. He likes the songs where, you know, you can get quite a lot from the lyrics. And he reminds me a lot of Billy Bragg. You know Billy Bragg at all? Yes, I do, yeah. Yeah, his, his writing style is 
He's like a modern Billy Bragg, which is a huge compliment, you know? Well, it's pretty cool. Like, um, uh, I mean, that's sort of getting close to the Frank Turner territory, which, you know, he introduced me to. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a good category to be in, I think. Definitely. But what I quite like about that song is you can sort of, like we were saying with our ones, we can normally hear how they want to be produced. Uh, it's kind of, you can sort of hear the sections in that one, like what instruments would you would use, or like how a band would like pull back or, you know, speed up on that one or like, mm. a, you know, it's it's a cool song. I really like it. I do as well. I think he, uh, it's always good to have him on as well. He's always a lovely guest and he always writes a good song. And Well, what I do yeah. want to, what I do want to say is that, um, uh, we have known each other since uh, secondary school and I've heard a few of his songs before. I've even played them in a band we were once in and I think this is probably the most sophisticated writing that he's done, particularly musically. Yeah. It must is... be cool to see, like, an old friend, you know. Yeah. Yeah, is. absolutely. It's just nice to see everyone, like, developing and getting better and it's all cool. Totally. Meanwhile, I'm just stuck in my misery, just like going, Why doesn't it work? <laughs> <laughs> On week seven, you had a song, Lucky Numbers, which I loved. It's brilliant. song how do you reflect on that now i think that's my joint favorite of the run yeah that and uh running at the back of the crowd but uh i just kind of like how simple it ended up being not necessarily in terms of like what chords i'm using but just in terms of like how it's put together yeah i thought the same thing and particularly like like i was saying you can hear the full story on episode 66 um but just having a really simple piece of songwriting advice reiterated to you. And it's, you know, sometimes you do need to hear uh, the, the simple stuff again because you can get so uh, far down the path of, okay, I need to put a diminished in here and I need to, you know, have this vocal line that sort of is hovering around the thirds or I need to have, you know, <laughs> this, that and the other. Yeah. Uh, and it needs to be deep and it needs to be meaningful. It's just like, well, why don't you just split it up into what you want to do and what you are doing to achieve that? Mm. Not to repeat the episode uh, verbatim, but was the trick you're talking about where your work colleague said to like divide what you want to talk about into three columns? Uh, yeah, well, he suggested doing it into uh, goal and action. Oh, okay. Or, uh, or something like that. I, did I remove that one from... Oh, yeah, I, rem I removed the lyric sheet from my little booklet I've got here today. But uh, I added another category, so I think it was goal, action, self or something like that. You can hear it in detail when I've actually got it in front of me to prompt me in the last episode. Mm. But, yeah, it just sort of really helped clear up where each bit should go mm -hmm. and gave each section a purpose, which was really nice. I thought it was a really cool way to write. Yeah, and I just... I I like how the chords fit together. Mm. Like, um, I, I do want to do something with that and put loads of... Giant electric guitars on the chorus. Giant ones. Not tiny ones. Giant ones. Giant ones, like the size of a, bl a black aeroplane. Don't know why I said it like that. But I, st I stand... 
buy it, Your Honor. Stand um, by it. Um, I, I, I recommend that be stricken from the record, Your Honor. <laughs> Maybe it will be, actually. So this week I had the song Promises as my final song. I've been talking in my sleep All the words I'd like to speak to you Something's standing in the way Making me ashamed of all I do I love the bridge section of that one. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, I was, I'm, I'm quite pleased with it. It's one of my favourite ones of the run for me. And I think one of the main reasons is, previous to this, we've had six weeks this run to, uh, I wrote, you know, six songs. I was like, pretty good songs, you know, I'm pretty happy. So now if the seventh one sucks, it's okay, because I've got six ones I like. Mm. And so I was like, it kind of gives you a licence to just relax and just write a song, like, with, with no real you know, uh, detriment to it. Well, you see, I had a little bit of that pressure from week one again, knowing that my song was going to be the last one of the run. Oh. Yeah. So it, I was trying to make it really good, and then just by simplifying it, or at least simplifying the structure, I was able to get there. So yeah. I had a slightly different view of it that time. Right. But I, that's uh, Promises has got a very easy feel about it. Like, uh, yeah for lack of a better term. Uh, should I mention that when we finished recording last week's episode, when Josh uh, had, had to go home, we stayed behind a little bit and we kind of recorded a little bit of a version. We certainly did. Yeah. And uh, at first it was like, because I, I try to, I don't always, but I try to demo my weekly songs just so there's some document of them. And Declan was here, and I was like, the mics are still set up, so I was like, I'm going to demo the song. Do you want to, like, you know, write, a like, an electric guitar part for it while I, while I play the acoustic guitar and sing, just for this demo? And it sounded really good. Like, just, there was something about the way we were playing together that I was like, I, I didn't want to, like, say to you, right, we're going to do this as the EP version, but I was like, I'm going to tune down, because it'll be easier to sing. And uh, then I, I was wondering what was going through your head, and then when you said, <laughs> well, we've got the bass here, you could do that as well, it's just like... Is, is, is this how much effort you put into all your demos? <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, some vocal harmonies and stuff, and just by the time we were done, uh, we were done. I still need to mix the good stuff, but, uh, yeah, Promises um, is, is, is a fully recorded song. The first, of, the first of this run to be fully recorded. And that's going to be on Winter Tape 8, right? Winter Tape 8. How sweet. How sweet it is. <laughs> how sweet. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I really do like that one. Thanks a lot. So that's basically the seven weeks, isn't it? Those are... Yeah, that's all the songs we've written this run. Is there anything you want to say like over about the whole uh, whole run of it? Um, only that I feel like we've both put more thought into various aspects of our writing this run, as, as opposed to just kind of like, although we haven't done challenges so, so far this run, 
we have in the past just kind of approached each song as like, right, let's just write a good song. But I think we've kind of like had things in our mind. Um, I don't want to speak for both of us um, out of turn, but I think we both had sort of like things we're trying out, me trying to be more open with my lyrics, trying to like try different production things in mind in my writing. Um, and uh, would you say the same goes for you? or I think I had a similar thing. Like, um, I think mean, I needed the ideas first, but then once I had an idea... It'd be like, okay, so if this is going to be the core of the song, how can I make it different? So, for example, Sandcastles was built around having a huge riff at the start of the chorus. Right. So everything followed on from that. Whereas, like, um, Cut It Up was built around trying to be this sort of just energetic rock song Mm -hmm. uh, with, like, a cool hook on it. Uh, So it's sort of forcing variety through that way, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. which I think that's probably my takeaway from the run as a whole. We both have one of our more varied selections of songs. Yeah, I think that's fair to say. But I also think this is probably one of the strongest runs we've had in a while for both of us. I, I'd I, go with that. Not to backslap each other too much on, a, on, on the show, but I agree. I think it's been varied and pretty solid. Like, I had a decent run last time. I'm still playing quite a few of their songs and I still like them. But I think, aside from week two and week five, these have been my strongest songs for a while. I I agree with, with with your songs 100%. I think you've had a great run. I'm looking at mine here. Uh I think it's been very I'm proud of like what I've tried like in 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 an attempt to write differently, but I don't know. I think I've had stronger runs in the past. I I would say that this is a very strong run for you. I do like quite a lot of the songs that a, ring, uh, a ringing bell, something that I'd like. Promises, obviously, lost it. I I like basically all of them. Well, thanks a lot. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, and we've got one more to add to this list, sort of. Oh, Christ. Um, let's talk about it. Do so we have to. We've just done our our sort of uh, roundup, our Woody's roundup of of the last seven weeks. Um, if I sing the song again, do do we get to like delay this challenge? <laughs> Come on, it's time to play. <laughs> I guess we do, actually. But um, so essentially I came up with it. We explained this last week on the podcast, but just to quickly recap, what we're going to do now is we're going to take um, a break and there'll be a dugger. And uh, we're each going to go away into separate rooms uh, in my house and we're going to write a song each in half an hour. I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Why did you make me do this? I'm making me do this too. (laughs) Yeah, but you're good. (laughs) You're good. Uh, I've been stressing about this for weeks. So we're going to each start a timer on on our phones in separate rooms and we'll have have a song in half an hour, basically. Can I just say, before we start, uh, audience, please do not be surprised if all I end up with at the end of it is just like... Okay, here's my song. That was it. Thank you. <laughs> like, I, I'm not sure if I can get a complete song or, you know, I definitely can't get a complete set of words. Normally when I write, when I have the key moment of, I can normally get most of it done within an hour mm-hmm. uh, and then tweak it after that. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to do it in half an hour. So I... I hope you will find amusement in <laughs> in us just failing to complete this challenge. This is just for fun. It's kind of not canon, so to speak. And half an hour is a lot less than I usually take to write a song as well. I'll tell you. Oh. So it's gonna, it's just gonna be it's gonna be a fun experiment. That's all it is. 
Oh, I'm stressing. <laughs> You'll be fine. Um, so uh, I guess we may as well take that break now. Um, okay. And, so uh, nothing else you want to talk about at all? <laughs> not yet, not yet. Oh. Um, so we're going to play a dugger now, and then after that, half an hour will have passed for us, and then we'll talk about the songs we've just written. Here we go. So we're back from the Duggar. We've each been away for half an hour and we've written a song each. That's probably been the most stressful half hour of my life so far. Yeah, it's, uh, that was, I, I was thinking, oh, it'll be kind of difficult. That was, like, we, all we've said to each other so far is it was down to the last seconds. Did, did you, do you get now why I've been stressing for the past few weeks? <laughs> I do now, but now it's over, so. Oh, God. God, that was really tough. I mean... Ooh. For the first, like, because half an hour is ticking down on your clock and you can see it. Well, my clock, I can see it. And for the first five minutes, I was like, I've got, I haven't got anything. And I started to, like, really kind of get tense, you That's know? the thing. I didn't have time to run through the whole thing until, like, the last two minutes. So I had to do it at, like, double speed and then try and work. <laughs> I did that Because literally as it was counting five, four, three, <laughs> two, I was just thinking, like, how do I end this? Uh, there we go. That'll do. Oh, man, I, I had the same thing. I Did you use voice members to, like, record your ideas as you went along no 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 i i don't i do that when i have to remember stuff day to day i there was no point in doing that then i i do it as i write normally so i've got like really rushed like like really fast uh stuff oh so i mean this is the thing i was finding was that i was having to go with my first instinct on absolutely everything mm. um and not to spoil anything but there are sort of a lot of Things that I use, plus things that sort of I know work as default. Uh huh. If that makes sense. Like you've got a toolkit and yeah. you're using it. Because normally what will happen is that you'll have like a song and you'll just think. No, that's not working. What if I did. And you can like. Take your time and paste your ideas and see what actually comes up best. Whereas this one is just like, okay, uh, we've got a C chord. Uh, what will sound good? Okay, that will have to do. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, like, okay, that will do. What's the notes? <laughs> um, just, just briefly, while I think of it, while you said that, I, I do this thing where, I don't know if this makes sense, but I describe it as fishing to myself, like. I'm on the boat looking for a song and like I'll go f between like different keys and stuff like that and different uh, ways of playing and rhythms and stuff to try and get the biggest fish, quote unquote. Um, and so I did that for like the first 10 minutes, just trying to like go, okay, playing in G doesn't work. All right, uh, I'll try something in E. I like playing in E, open E on guitar works. Oh shit, I don't have anything in E. Like there's three, four or whatever. So I was like, oh, just trying different, yeah. So anyway. Yeah. Um, I, uh, this won't, this doesn't necessarily relate exactly to the writing of the song, but for me, the big reason why I was scared of this one is I it, I cannot write lyrics quickly. Like, right. Um, uh, normally, I can come up with a decent musical thing within, you know, half an hour, an hour. I can do that quite quickly, but lyrics always take me absolutely ages. Right. So literally, once I was ten minutes in, I thought, right, fuck it, that's it. I'll, if I if I've got time, I can add something else later. But now I just have to start on the words. God, yeah. So was that like the most difficult part? Yes, so the much. Words. I'm not a poet. I'm a musician. Um, are you happy with the lyrics? Do you think? <sighs> I. 
Well, I'll discuss them once All right. I've performed. All right. In fact, should we get on to that now? Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm, I'm excited to hear your song. Oh, Christ. So this was written in half an hour. Does it have a title? Uh, yes, it does. It's called Here and Now. <laughs> Very good. Um, there is a reason for that. We will probably need multiple goes at all of these. So, here and now. song that I have. Um, that, that's really impressive that you're that in 30 minutes. Uh, a lot of that is cheating. Um, <laughs> right, so, uh, this song is in D minor, and there's a lot of tricks in it that I've used that I know will make things sound interesting. Mm -hmm. So, I think it sounds more complicated than it is. So, uh, the verse is D minor, F to E, because that works quite well. Yeah, nice. And then G to A. So although that may sound 
bit more interesting than it is. It's literally just D, F, G, A, which is just a major fifth of uh, D minor. Then mm -hmm. uh, B flat to A, maybe put a seventh in there if you feel like it, to D minor, which literally that was... Uh, well, it, it resolves quite nicely, but it, you mm. find it a, a lot in things like, uh, for example, Big Spender. Hey, Big Spender. Time with me. Like it's just quite a nice way to. Yeah, it's uh, resolve. It's one of the big resolving chord things, isn't it? Yeah, it takes you back to that minor every time. But that's the thing; those are both sort of cliches, the wrong word, but they're tried and true methods of doing that. There's nothing wrong with that, though. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like this is what I was saying earlier: you can't like fish for the best ideas. Mm -hmm. um, to go into Originally, that was going to be a chorusy bit, mm -hmm. but it didn't feel like it was taking long enough. If that makes right, sense, right, right. So, like, just quickly bust that out, repeat that again. Uh, then a verse a chorus bit, which would, in this case, is uh, F to C to C sharp diminished uh, to D minor to B flat to B flat minor to C diminished uh, C sharp diminished to D minor. Repeat that twice. Yeah. Again, not a lot of tricky bits. F is just the major when you have a D minor in the scale to C. Uh, essentially, just C sharp diminished, just passing to allow you to get back to D minor. And then, like we were saying earlier, the major to minor fourth. But I like the fact that... Um when you go major to minor four, the the general trick of that is to go back to the one, the major chord, the F major. But the fact that you kind of like pivot around and go to that D minor instead is an unusual thing to do. Well, it, the song's pretty much in D minor, so that's why it goes back to there, because you've got to get back into the verse somehow. Um, so then it's just another repeat of the first verse, and then I wanted to develop it a bit more, but I didn't really have time. Right. So I was starting to write some words. I got up to... Uh, the end of that verse, written word to speak, to shout to where, whatever that was. And I was, when I was initially playing around with that, I was thinking, like, before each verse you could have, like... Right, right, right. Some, something like that. Uh, ended up being a lot simplified to... Uh, um, so that is D to... F to G, bending to an A, and then just in various ways around like that, uh, just leaving the open A on the last one just because it sounds cooler. Yeah, 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 definitely. Like that's, I did try putting it in drop D for a second, but it made playing the diminished chords uh, a wee bit tricky. So. Oh. And also that. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, low string work going on there that wouldn't be so possible with low, uh, low D. Yeah, and then I thought, well, if I do that, go back to a chorus, and then I can use that as the outro, because, I, you know, like we were saying before, this is kind of verse, chorus, verse, bridge, chorus structure. So I thought mm -hmm. if I just put the bridge in at the end again... Right. At least that breaks it. And I do like when uh, songs, like, repeat their bridges after the chorus and they can yeah. develop them. Like, a good example of that is uh, Steve McQueen by The Automatic. Right. Which happens to be one of my favourite songs. Um, so... That's it musically. Okay, it's and, great. It's got everything. And it's just like doing that end riff basically with chords. Uh, 
to end the song, which is basically just what I was doing the last four seconds. Like... Yeah. So that's D, F, G, A, or D minor, I should say. Um, right, the words. Ah, the words. I'm interested in how this is actually going to compare to the words that you've written. Yeah. If indeed you have written words, no one oh. knows. <laughs> actually, I do know. I've seen that he's got a sheet of words. I don't know what they are. So, like I say, I hate writing words. Right. Which is why a lot of my last minute songs tend to be about being like stuck in ruts, uninspired, and things like that. Uh, oh, just interesting. I've never thought about it in that way. Because that tends to be what's on my mind at that moment. So, um, like, I, I was just thinking to myself, like, uh, 10 minutes passed into the challenge, I had the verse and the chorus. Mm. Uh, I just thought, right, okay. You, you can't be thinking about anything else properly. You've just got to be here writing the words. Uh, the first line I had was, in a New York minute. Okay. Because uh, I thought that was going to be the chorus, back when that pre-chorus was the chorus. I thought, you know, you could do loads of variations in a New York minute. You could, like, do, oh, it's not real time, it's faster, or something like or some bollocks like that. Is that, is that a saying, New York minute? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. What's, what does it mean? I've never heard it. Uh, just... Everything moves so quickly in New York, you can go from being the top to the bottom in a New York minute. So one minute okay. you can be, you know, head of company, next minute you can be fired. So you had time on the mind? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's why you have things like, uh, in this moment you'll find yourself and, like, uh, uh, stave off indecision, make sure you're not caught and things like that. <laughs> right. The only other thing that really went into it in any way, shape or form is... I've been doing a challenge for myself to watch everything, film or TV, Star Wars before Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, am, I am currently up to uh, just the second season of The Clone Wars. Uh, but I've also been reading a book, Star Wars book, uh, Master and Apprentice, which features Qui-Gon Jinn and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, so that... You know, read, it obviously describes a lot of Qui-Gon's methods in the Jedi Order that he's very much of the moment, like, as the Force commands it kind of thing. Like, you know, yeah. not necessarily planning far ahead. Just being in the moment. So, yeah. Like, uh, that's why it's called Here and Now. It's that line from the beginning of Episode 1. Don't concentrate on your anxieties, Obi-Wan. Keep your concentration here and now where it belongs. So that's where that comes oh, from. Oh, interesting. Um cool. But yeah, that sort of mindset was going through it, so that's the only other thing that really inspired the lyrics. Um, yeah, I think that's about all I can say about that. So they're quite time-bound lyrics in a few of the lines, and then there's also this like element of being in the moment, which you had to be to write the song. Is yeah. that fair to say, or am I stretching too much? No, it's, it's very much uh, just me sitting there thinking, what can I do, what can I do? <laughs> it's just, the first words that sound okay were just what ended up on the paper, and they just happened to be about... Well, they were kind of about the situation I was in at that very moment. Like, yeah. You, you cannot, like, stall. You cannot overthink this. You cannot, like, be, uh, you know, editing this as you go. You just have to, like, do what you think is best in this moment and just trust that it will work out. Yeah. Um, I hope it did. <laughs> <laughs> For all the joking aside and everything like that, you know, I was saying to you before this, are oh, you going to ace it, you're going to ace it, and everything like that. And But I'm serious, you've written... A really great song in half an hour. It ticks so many boxes. It's got riffs. It's got good guitar playing, good guitar work. It's got good lyrics. It, 
it's a full song, you know. Do you, great. I, I've never been so stressed writing before. Thank <laughs> you, you can for relax saying now. That. <laughs> oh, oh, my hair's grown back. <laughs> um, no, that's great. Uh, what's it called again? Uh, it's called Here and Now. Here and Now. Cool. Oh my goodness. Oh man. God, now I gotta. I had such a worry that I was gonna forget how the tune went and like, you know, forgetting what to, what words were coming. Yeah. Um, right. Now, time for your one. I'm really interested to see what you've done because I've sort of gone back to a lot of my tricks and a lot of my, you know, default tempo, default heavy, default uh, subject. Yeah. So I'm wondering what you've done now. Well, I'll, I'll play it, but I'll say a little bit just off the, off that. Um, for some reason, I thought I'd make it more difficult for myself by trying to, like, evade my normal my normal tools that I use. Don't get me wrong. There are some in here that you'll go, out. Oh, Roger normally does that and stuff. But... Um, but yeah, I tried to kind of like write a little bit differently. Now for the ten, first 10 minutes, I just, I didn't have a, a note on paper, you know, or in my mind or my voice memos. I did notice that because I could kind of hear some guitar being played. I couldn't hear any like melody or anything, Same. but like for the first 10 minutes, I was just like going through, starting my lyrics. There's nothing happening. Oh, okay. You started now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just to illustrate what it was like for me just a little bit, just before I play it, I was, um... You know, I just, I would start out like... Na, 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 na. I was like, ah, no, I don't want to do that. So I just... See, this is the difference. That literally the first thing I played ended up being my verse. Right. I, I, I considered doing something like that, but I was like, I know from my past experience, if I go with something I'm not 100% invested in, it's really hard to finish. So mm. I just spent the first 10 minutes just kind of like... Just trying to go through different things and all that sort of stuff. And eventually I came upon the verse melody, the first line of the verse melody, which is usually my starting point. And uh, I went from there and it goes like this. And it's called... Untitled number seven. It's called In Need of a Little Reaction. So here we go. Is it just like a little strip of magnesium into a massive fire? So it's only a tiny reaction there. You only get a little bit of brightness. You've been listening to my lyrics while I wrote them. <laughs> magnesium, it's not easier. Can I just say magnesium is a... If there's not a song called Magnesium, there needs to be. I don't it, know it what does. it would be about. <laughs> well, that, that's that's your duty. Metallic to write that. substance as it burns into the flame. God, you're giving me all my... <coughs> you're giving me like a magnesium flashback of all the times I've encountered <laughs> in my life. Okay, um, so... Here's my song, uh, In Need of a Little Reaction, and it goes like this. Take what you can at the start, hold a record in your heart of the days that you spent just standing in the sun. I've only just begun, I'm curious to know if you think that my age is a factor. I don't have a special reason. I hold no one closer than I hold the feeling that In need of a little reaction Take what you need to begin There's a modicum of sin in the act at the start But we're taking it apart I wonder if she knows Assuming that I know, that I know That I'm late to the party I don't have no special reason I hold no one closer than I hold 
I really like that. Well thank done. you, thank you. Like you can see, it's a lot shorter than yours. <laughs> um, yeah, but I was cheating um, and putting loads of sections in over and over again. Um, before you explain how it goes, I just want to say that's a really cool, really tight piece of writing, and I'd love to see that on a heavy rock uh, sort of project of yours, along with a uh, ringing bell. Like, uh, yeah. that that's really nicely developed. Thank I you. shall let you uh, explain it, and then I shall say what I like if you don't mention it. Sure, okay, cool. Um, first of all, I just want to say the, the performance element, more than ever, is not there. You know, I played wrong chords and all sorts of things, but hopefully the idea translates. Um, you did this in half an hour, it's fine. <laughs> Man, it was hard to perform this. So, so basically, I started with, um, I think generally I had, like, hurry up on the brain, so I started with... I know, that's the thing, like, you, you've suddenly got a time pressure and you think, okay, so... No, you've got half an hour to go, oh, <laughs> shit! It, it, is, it is like that, it really is. Um, so, I started with this melody. Uh, basically, take what you can at the start. And I was like, that's a lot like Packable's Cannon. Like that, you know? And I was like, I was like, I wonder if that's too derivative for a first note. I was like, shut up, we, we've got half an hour to do this. You've got a melody, be, be happy with it. Like, um, okay, so take what you can at the start. I was going to stay on that A, but I decided to go down to the uh, relative minor, the uh, F sharp minor. Take what you can at the start, hold a record in your heart of the days that you spent. And I was like, that's something, that's, that's a start. And this was like sort of with 18 minutes left to go, I had just that little bit. And, uh... So I, I thought, stay with that sort of rhythm, that sort of flow of the, the melody. I was like, uh, Volley just begun. Then I had a bridge, but you'll notice, in a, to me at least, it sounds like it's uneven from verse to bridge. It's like, take what you can at the start, hold a record in your heart of the days that you spent just standing in the sun. Volley just begun. Like, it's almost like the that chord, the uh, F sharp minus, F sharp major 7, comes like a little too soon. It's like I was in a rush to get there or something. Uh, not in I, a bad I, way. I just but... saw that as part of the verse. Ah, okay. Um, uh, well, it's begun. I'm curious to know if you think, just kind of like pedaling on the low E. Curious to know if you think that my age is a factor. And I was like, okay, I'll change it up a little bit. And I was, uh, when I was trying to fish for my ideas in the first 10 minutes, I was like playing a few sort of like, uh, uh, major seven chords, and Declan showed me how to bar major seven chords for the first time today. Uh, that said, um, the major seven chord I use is just a major seven version of the root of the song, which is A major is the root, and then A major seven would be the major seven version of that. I don't have a special reason. I love that diminished. That's pretty <laughs> yeah. cool. I mean, that's my favorite. That's very George Harrison. It is a bit, isn't it? Kind of like all things must pass type of feel. Punk George Harris. <laughs> um, but if I, if I have in my mind, oh, I should put a diminished chord in that will match the melody that's in my head, I always go for this one first, which is open D, first fret G, open B, first fret, top E. Mm. I don't know why, but it just sits... It's so easy to play. You're only using two fingers to play this chord. And so sometimes it doesn't fit if you're in the wrong key, but I always give it a go. I always give it sort of a college try, that chord, so... I don't have no special reason um, And then, uh... I put no one closer than I want 
Um, so that's basically going down to an E, and then something I like to do, especially when I play guitar solos, is like if there's an E in any old song I'm soloing over, I'll kind of go, which is semitonal from G sharp up to the B. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That, uh, but then, like sometimes I like to do that in my songwriting, just to kind of like instead of just singing over, da, 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 I can have da, 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 just creates that nice power to it, you know. So on the air, you're putting over the F sharp and then just moving those each up in semitone at a time, which is a nice way mm. of building up to an A. Yeah. So then I'm back to the A, but instead of going to my A major seven, I thought go to an A major, so it's like more similar to the verse, and then because I knew the verse was coming after this chorus, so like just kind of reintroduce that full A major as opposed to the A major 7. Mm. Um, and then... Uh, Nobody ever comes to someone who's in need. You know, you get that um, low E pedaling again. I do love that you pedal on the fifth there and you build up very naturally to it, which is very lovely. Thanks. I mean, I, I needed a way to get back into that verse where you got the chugging again on, on the A. Um, but I thought at the end of the chorus, I like to have a kind of like melodic sweet spot in the, in the end of the chorus to like maybe be a bit of an earworm or something like that. Um, so, nobody ever comes to someone who. So then you play in your minor four there, but a minor four seven version, like a minor seven chord? Yeah. One thing I do love is that this song is in a. I, I'm just going to interrupt. This. No, no, please, please, go ahead. But I, there are two little musical things I love about this. One, just the use of that S sharp major as the only weird chord in your verse section. Yeah. Which, it's like a little bit of ear candy, but it's just enough to make it interesting without being like, look how clever I am. Right. And then the fact that even though this song is in A, you don't, I don't think you play a straight version of D. No, I don't think I do. Because you play the right. minor four and you play the diminished version. Yeah. Um, funny you should say that, actually, because in the verses, when I first started going, take what you can at the start, hold a I was playing. I was playing a full D, mm. but like something I like to do, just generally, I think. I think uh, to get a little technical here, I think the two of the scale has more flavour to it than the four of the scale, and I think you can swap one out for the other. You can swap a two for a four, or a four for a two. Well, you can use them both as passing to each other, essentially. Yes, definitely, because they, they they share notes. Um, so it, it, it was going to be a D there, um, but yeah. So I mean, then obviously you got the verse again. Um, that's it musically. Were you going to say something else, by the way? Uh, no, that's what I was going to say musically. Yeah. Um, although I did want to ask, you always say that you write words at the same time. So were, mm. was this the case here? Were you like trying to come up with the words as you were coming up with the verse structure? Definitely. Okay, so you, you didn't have the thing like where I had 10 minutes in, like, okay, 20 minutes on words. No, but I, I can see the argument for that, but it's just I've never been able to do it that way very well. Um, so with this, like, for example, um, I came up with, uh, you know, Take what you need at the start, da 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 good in your heart. And it's like, I knew that those were the syllables. So, like, at the start, it was like, take what you can at the start. I knew I, I, knew I had that um, vocal melody um, and that first lyric, but then it's a case of just, like, filling in the gaps of, like, hold a record in your heart. That could have been anything else, but I just needed something to fill that. It's almost like in my head I, I've got a tick box that's like, I need to fill in the gaps of what these actual words are before I can move on, because at least then I'll know, like, my progress bar has gone up, yeah, like, is, fully. The danger of doing it my way is that you sit there for 20 minutes with nothing, you end up going... Ba, 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 da, ba, da. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I also find that, although my lyrics don't make sense all the time, 
I tend to come up with something that has more of an emotional resonance with what the chords are doing if I do it at the same time. Mm. Um, not always, but just generally. Uh, You've had a fairly good success rate of it, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so with the, with the lyrics, um, I basically wrote a song about... When you're young, right, you kind of soak up everything like a sponge. And, like, any new experiences you have are quite formative, right? So if you have a good experience mm. at school for, like, all of your primary school years, you'll probably be more likely to be able to socially integrate more in secondary school. If you have a good secondary school experience, you'll probably be better in college, that sort of thing. Nerd throughout both primary and secondary school. <laughs> so, like... It was a lonely life. These things are, are like, quite formative. And I kind of had that in mind for some reason when I, was, when I was writing. I was like, in terms of, like, how easy do you find it to make friends as an adult or how easy do you find it to go out into the world as an adult, that is, uh, to some extent, informed by your earlier life, right? Mm. Um, now, I was kind of like, by the time I got to the verse, I was, well, sorry, the, the, what I call the bridge, I was thinking... I wonder if my age now prevents me from integrating new experiences into into sort of like the way I behave in the world, um, or if uh, it's like a closed door now. I don't even think it is. So I was just basically like wondering about that. Um, how much does what I do now affect my confidence into the future, just the same as it did when I was a kid? When you're a kid, it's big time, but now I think you can still influence your future in that, but it's more difficult because you've already had that formative period. Well, you've learnt that a lot of things that you're told matter when you're very young don't matter as much as you thought they did. Right. So, like, you, if, uh, for example, you don't get your homework done in time when you're a kid, that's pretty much the end of the world. Mm. Like, uh, oh, God, the teacher's going to be mad, I'm going to get a bad grade or whatever at this. Mm. Uh, whereas if you, like, get some work done late... Uh, uh, when you're working a job, it's not as big a deal. Yeah, that's true. Like, you'll still be employed the next day. They're still going to give you money unless you, you know, mess up real bad. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and also, like, socially, when I was a teenager, like, uh, there's a big part of me now, you know, that's like, I wish when I was, like, 15 or whatever, I would have just, like, gone out and chased girls. And, like, when people would go out to, like, house parties and stuff, I wouldn't go. Yeah, likewise. I spent most of... My fifth, my fifteenth and sixteenth year, just inside playing guitar. Yeah, same, same here. Yeah, I mean, these I, are the makings of podcast hosts. <laughs> I was going to say, like, uh, it's really weird. We've had quite similar histories, and we didn't meet until uh, we both finished university. It's kind of weird because we don't live a million miles away from each other. Oh, so especially at the time, well, we, we didn't. Didn't? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not at all. You were one town over, basically. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just like about that. I, I suppose I have been thinking about it generally recently, but I didn't bring it into the lyric writing thing. It's just what came up. Um, and then, so I mean, off of that, I was like. Oh man, I wish you know. Sometimes you you say, "Oh, I wish I could be a teenager again." For for this reason, I could actually kind of develop myself in those formative years. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not like an old man now. It's like I'm still young, and I could still do those things. But then this song is just asking to what extent. Mm. I hope that makes sense. It does. Yeah, I do quite like that. Uh, so I, there's not really many lyrics to pick out of that. Um, but yeah, hopefully it's pretty self-evident from listening to the words. But. God damn, that was hard. Writing in half an hour, just like... That is stressful. Yeah. Um, 
Right, I'm, I'm going to try for a little bit of audience participation here. All right. So, anyone who's listening and who listens regularly, please comment at this point uh, which song you think was better, mine or <laughs> Roger's, considering they've both done in half an hour. Uh, I genuinely think your one was better. It sounds more like your regular catalogue. It's got more interesting things in it. I think, literally, if you just expanded a section where you had, like, I don't know, a guitar wankery section, uh, <laughs> that could very easily be, like, on a heavy rock record. I, you know, if you ever do that, please let me know because I want to be on it. I will. I will. And uh, thank you. I mean, yeah, that would be cool to get some comments in there. Um, I thought you were going to say, like, challenge people to write a song in half an hour oh yeah if you've done that then please uh message in and show us how much of an idiot we both are uh for um stressing so much about it um but yeah also uh what was your favorite song from the uh season listeners uh of mine and rogers uh you can have one each you can just say overall because uh, we always say about our opinions and everything and you know the whole point is a songwriting podcast is what we think of the songs later but I'm always mm. interested to hear which ones the audience likes the best. Mm, me too. Because, uh, you know, we're very, we're very close to these and we our minds are sort of uh, informed by the writing process or what was happening that week or, you know, whether it was a good episode or whether we had a fun guest on or something. Like, uh, yeah. The, the song itself is sometimes secondary in relation to the episode that surrounds it. Yeah, that's true, actually. Um, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I can't overstate how much we love to know those things. And also just like, I think we've had a few emails in the past that are like, hi, I know you don't know me, but here's an email. It's like, you know, it's like, we love it. We love getting emails. Just grinning from ear to ear when we read them. It's like, it's, it's a day maker, you know, it's, it's brilliant. So if you ever have any doubt, like, oh, I shouldn't email in, then do, do. We genuinely love it. Okay. So, um, we have, um, an email from Joel Little. And uh, he is somebody who I met via Facebook, and I told him about the podcast, and he seemed really interested and enthusiastic to send a song in. Um, so he and I started talking because he heard my album Grim, and then he was really, really nice about it. And then he sent um, he sent me a link to his album, and I checked it out. I was like, this is really cool, really, really good music. And I think he plays all the stuff himself on his albums, and... Um, a very good writer and that sort of thing. He sent in this song called Arms Akimbo, and uh, his email states simply thus. Hey, Roger, I've attached the MP3 for Arms Akimbo. Thanks, Joel. And uh, we're going to take a listen to it now and uh, see what we think. Fantastic. Let's have a listen. Could you please take the wheel? 
struggling to determine what's real And the air is like green All alone it's like I'm drowning in a stream I saw my life unfold I felt the dread take hold I heard each word that was told to me Could you just listen? Will you listen? That was Arms Akimbo by Joel Little, and uh, I mean, I love it. It's great. It's pretty damn cool. I like the uh, chords that's used at the sort of hold on the pre-chorusy bits. That's a really nice chord. Yeah. Also, great voice. Great voice. It's like, so well produced. It's very pure. Like, yeah. Like, uh, in a really nice way. He's got the kind of voice I wish I had, you know, like one of those like great recording voices. Oh, I wish I had any voice other than mine, but you know. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great all round. It's um, it's interesting. I was saying to Declan when we were listening to it, um, the part where the like the tremolo of vibe guitar comes in and just plays three notes. It's like 
it's all it needs to do. It's great. Well, it's kind of even when the drums come in and you get more of the production, it's just there to enhance. It's not there to support, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, it's not being used as a prop to hold up a weaker chorus because the chorus is strong, which is the best kind of production, just using everything when it's necessary. Yes, definitely. Um, it's, it's great. It's got a kind of, like, grand feel to it in, in a very understated way. It's like when you're when it's the verses, it's like you're just with him listening to what he's saying. It's very conversational. And then by the time the chorus comes in, it's got this, like, regal thing because the brass. Well, it's kind of... We were saying this. It's a very nice use of uh, double tracking on the voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, double tracking, for those who don't know, is just uh, singing the same part again so you get a stronger unison. Uh, most people use automatic double tracking, but you can hear artificial double tracking, which is just literally singing the same thing twice on most Beatles records. And, for example, the rock bit of Bohemian Rhapsody, mm. you can hear like the two vocal lines going out of sync. Mm. Uh, but it really makes the verses verses, but it really makes the verses quite sort of uh, kind of intimate in a really nice way. Mm. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. It's it's a very intimate song and. Uh... Yeah, I, I I can only recommend this stuff very highly, and uh, everybody should check it out. And uh, and thank you to Joel to where, uh, for sending the song. Where can they find his stuff? He's on uh, he's on all the streaming platforms. Um, where I found his music is uh, joelhenrylittle.bandcamp.com, which is obviously his Bandcamp, um, which I'll leave a link to in the SoundCloud description. Um, yeah, that's where you can find him. And. Uh, that's our final email of the year, I think, right? Yeah. We worked through um, pretty much our backlog, I think. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been really nice this year. It's nice to have a backlog. Yeah, I mean, to have emails. I mean, so thank you. If, you, if you're listening to this and you've emailed in, thank you so much. It's, um, like I said in the previous segment, um, we always appreciate it. Like you said, it is a daymaker. It is. It really is. It's, yeah, it's great. Um... Right, this episode is about four days long, so I guess we should wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to just get into it now? Yeah, sure. So that's it for this episode and this season of the Weekly Song Podcast. Uh, if you've liked what you heard and you want to get in touch, if you want to send in a song that you've written, maybe in a week, maybe in half an hour, maybe in a longer time or, you know, whatever, why not email us at weeklysongpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, if you listen to this on SoundCloud or iTunes, why not leave us like a five-star review or like a thumbs up or just any general uh, message of appreciation? Uh, only if you mean it, though. We uh, we, inqu- we encourage honesty in our listeners. Um, where can they find you, Roger? Mostly rogerheathers.com, which is my band camp. I've got all my albums up there. Um, and, and by the end of the year, you will have a new one on there, Winter Tape 7, at uh, 8. I will, which is uh, daunting because it's like... Nearly December now, so I haven't got too long. I've only got one track recorded. Because they always come on Boxing Day, don't they? <laughs> they do indeed. Uh, so keep an eye and an ear out for that. I'm also on Instagram and Twitter, at Roger Heathers. Um, do follow me there, especially Instagram, because I, I like Instagram. I'm addicted to it, and I'm active there. Um, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on SoundCloud, uh, Declan Kitchener. I'm fairly sure I'm the only one. Uh, if you can't find that by searching, then look up Weekly Song Podcasts following, and then I'm in there. Mm. Um, and hopefully over December I'll try and find some time to get some acoustic demos of uh, songs up nice yeah which will be good which will be fun um, we're not going to be back for a little while I we may do something to talk about Winter Tape 8 we may not it, that depends on time but we should be back for a new season early in the next year 
Yes. So that'll be February, Marchish. February, Marchish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll let you know closer to the time, but uh, keep an ear out. Just know that we'll be back. Yeah, like you said about the winter tape thing, and maybe something else. We we might have some episodes between now and then to tide you over, but not making any promises. <laughs> Also, uh, we have a Facebook page, uh, Weekly Song Podcast on Facebook. Uh, we haven't been posting much on there throughout the season, but we tend to post more on that when we're offline. Mm. Uh, so maybe keep an eye on that, because we may, you know, that's, you know, if we do like random episodes, you may hear from that first and everything. Uh, plus, more subscribers, uh, more subscribers, more followers makes us feel good, and we really yes. like being popular. Um, yeah, thank you all very much for listening and for writing in and for leaving comments and thumbs up and, uh, you know, all the good stuff. Yes, thank you. It, uh, it doesn't, yeah, it's not an insincere thing at all to say that it really makes us happy. You know, it's great. Great to hear from you guys. And it's great that this is something that people actually listen to and enjoy. It's great. It still boggles the mind. <laughs> I know. Uh, so, yeah, I think that's it, right? Cool. We'll uh, see you in the new year. Ta-ra. Ta-ra. I could definitely... <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. This is a really good example. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry. And, uh... <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. Excuse me. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> oh. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> Sorry, excuse me. <coughs> Thank <laughs> you.